Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 9. Here is the word of the Lord. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. Somebody say amen. We're going to talk for just a little while from the power of the pack. The power of the pack. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Heads about, eyes are closed. Father, we thank you again for this tremendous privilege, this opportunity to share your word. We thank you that we've made it here in person or virtual, and we're grateful, Lord God, that you continue to bless. Father, I pray that you would clear our minds for this teaching hour. Father, allow us to give intelligent attention to this, your word. Father, teach us how to pray corporately, individually, consistently. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Praise God, amen. The power of, of the pack. Thank you, ushers, for your service. The power of the pack. Here's our big idea for today's message. Praying together is powerful. Praying together is powerful. As we continue this Pray First series, as we launch into this new year, we're going to stay in Matthew chapter 6 for another week or so. Jesus is teaching us in an extended manner what it looks like to pray, what it looks like as a follower of Christ, child of the Most High, to spend consistent time in prayer. Jesus himself, he modeled prayer by the way he lived his life among his disciples, and then he took the time to teach his disciples how to pray. See, it's something for me to do it in front of you, but it's something else altogether to show you how I do it. And that's the beauty of the ministry of Jesus Christ. He not only modeled, but he also consistently taught. And in fact, if we were to take the Luke account of this same narrative and overlay it to Matthew chapter 6, we have this certain disciple asking the Lord Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Lord, we have seen you pray. We've, we've seen you break away and spend time with your father. We've, we've watched as you pray before, during, and after your miracles. We've heard you discuss with your father the things that burden your heart. Lord, teach us to pray. H.B. Charles puts it this way. He says, they asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, not to preach. Not to do miracles, but to pray. Because they understood if we get this prayer thing right, then everything else will fall into place if we, if we discover and, and begin to spend intimate time with the Lord in prayer, then other things will fall in alignment. Let, let me make you mad before I make you glad. See, we know how to discuss stuff. 
how to share our opinion on, on how much better things should be. How if I were in charge, blah, 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 blah. But I really want to know, do you know how to pray? Even greater than that, do you know how to pray with those that you chat with? Even greater than that, have you ever prayed about what you chat about? I ain't got no help up in here. We began 2022 with believing prayer because we need more believers and few experts. We need more believers praying with the church rather than folks praying upon the church. Do I have a witness up in here? See, Satan, Satan dreads nothing but prayer. His one concern is to keep the saints from praying. He feels nothing. He fears nothing from prayerless Bible study, prayerless work, prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil. He mocks our wisdom, but he trembles when we pray. This, beloved, is the power of the pack. See, in our text, Jesus has just challenged them about their public prayer. Remember, Jesus is not opposed to public prayers. Jesus is opposed to performing prayers. Jesus is upset when we pray to be seen and not to be heard. When we pray to be seen by man and not heard by God. So in that context of corporate prayer, Jesus leads us to verse 9 of Matthew chapter 6. You should pray like this. Now, it must be noted that although this is traditionally called the Lord's Prayer, it is not labeled such because this is how Jesus prayed. It is labeled such because this prayer model came from Jesus. Lord, teach us how to pray. And so the Lord Jesus says, you should pray like this. Our Father... In heaven. Some of y'all went back to that King James Version. Our Father, which art in heaven. Amen. I love it. I love it. I got three points, and I'm going to let you go. Here's the first one. Worship is foundational. Write that down, beloved. Write that down. Worship. Worship is foundational. Worship is foundational. Our Father in heaven. Worship determines the direction of your prayer to our Father in heaven. When we begin our prayer with worship, watch this. We remove ourselves from the center. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. When we begin our prayer with worship, we, we, we allow ourselves to get out of the way so that we can concentrate on the one to whom makes the difference. Beloved, worship is not limited to music. Worship is about submission. Worship is about surrender. Worship declares, as the songwriter says, I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. See, this is why many feel as if Prayer is a waste of time. We're not seeing results because we're praying to ourselves. Oh, God. 
but when we but but when worship is our foundation then we pray rightly you can do more than pray after you have prayed but you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed says John Bunyan but 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 also note the corporate element of the text. Jesus is our Father. This is the power of the pact. This is about corporate prayer. This is about us gathering together to pray. This is why I love hanging out on Tuesday afternoon. I love waking up early on Wednesday morning because there is value in corporate prayer. When we corporately submit to the presence and power of the Father, we tap into a whole other level of intimacy. But so, so few of us miss that, or so many of us miss that, rather. And we miss this tremendous opportunity to gather together virtually and corporately for just prayer, just to align our lives with the Lord. Worship is foundational. It's about surrender. It's about getting out of the way and ensuring that everything that you're saying is for the glory of God. It's about bowing yourselves before the presence of God and honoring the most high. When the American hostages came home from Iran in 1981, the first thing they did when they got off the plane was to kiss the ground. No matter, no matter what level of achievement they had earned, no matter who they were in the armed forces, when they hit the ground from Iran, they bowed down and kissed the ground. Home sweet home, putting their clean lips on that dirty tarp from which they kissed. They went down because they knew where they had been and they knew where they were now. So you know why folks stop bowing? Because they forget where they've come from. Mm. You know our folks stop worshiping because they forget what the Lord has delivered them from. But is there anybody in the house that can testify, I'm not too proud to bow. I'm not too full of myself to surrender who I am for the glory of God. I'm not too sophisticated to shout. I'm not too puffed up to clap my hands. I ain't too proud to shout. Hallelujah. Worship is foundational. Ah, oh, but the text, the text is moving. Not only worship is worship foundational. Secondly, honor is essential. I'm almost finished. Y'all stay with me. Honor, honor, honor is essential. The, the text is moving. It says, your name be honored as holy. King James Version says, hallowed be thy name. When I was little, I was the hallowed be thy name. Amen. Oh, don't look at me like that. You did the same thing. Hallowed be thy name. What we see here is that God's name is indicative of his nature, his reputation, honor, reverence. So this is why I don't play with God. I, I, I'm not one of those guys, you know, that, that you know, God is the man upstairs. He's, a, he's my homie. No, hallowed be thy name. Honor and reverence the Lord as holy. 
But understand what's happening in this prayer. We don't make him holy or even more holy. We simply recognize his holiness. And the more messed up we are, amplifies how holy he is. If you want to know how holy God is, it's the exact opposite of you. He's the Father, so pray to him. Tim Keller puts it this way. He says, pray, I'm sorry, he says, prayer then is both awe and intimacy, struggle and reality. There has to be honor when you approach that time of prayer. It's about worship and it's about honor. Father, hallowed be your name. Jesus began with two things, worship and relationship. Oh, please get that down. Worship and, and, and relationship. Jesus wants us to understand how to get the most out of your corporate prayer experience and how that will spill over into your private prayer experience. Enter that moment worshipful. And then based upon the relationship we, you have with him, you call him father. Jesus essentially introduced us to calling the father, father. There's sprinkles of him being called father in the Old Testament, but not like Jesus introduced us in the New Testament. And so father God takes on meaning as our heavenly hope, our father. It's a title of both intimacy and respect. And so by using it, the disciples would be expressing the relationship that they enjoyed with God because of their relationship with Jesus. The clause, hallowed be your name, means everyone regard him as holy, honor. And I'll be the first to admit, I am quick at times in my prayer time. And I rush through those moments of worship and honor just to get to whatever it is I stand in need of. And so one of the reasons we started this year in prayer and fasting was this, that we would not get more stuff from God, but that we would get more of God, that we wouldn't rush through those moments, but so that we would take our time, worship and honor the Lord. He wants us to want more of him. He wants us to spend time with him. When Luther's puppy happened to be at the dinner table, he looked for a morsel from his master. And he watched with open mouth and motionless eye. Martin Luther said, man, if only I could pray the way this dog watches meat. Oh, y'all stay awake. I'm almost finished. If only I could pray as this dog watches meat. If only I had that hunger to be in his presence, not to rush through it, but to really desire more of him, not just the trappings of his gifts. Worship is foundational. Honor is 
is essential. I'm finished. Thirdly and finally, kingdom is monumental. Kingdom. Kingdom is monumental. Jesus says, your kingdom come, your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. Y'all, it's about kingdom. God's rule, God's plan, God's will. It's about kingdom. And this is where the Lord has been helping me to grow in this area of church. If, if, we, if we fail to see that church needs to be in alignment with kingdom, then we will miss the purpose of the church. If we fail to see that our families are to be in alignment with kingdom, then we will fail to see the purpose of family. If we fail to see our singleness is to be in alignment with kingdom, we will miss the purpose of being a single. Somebody say it's about kingdom. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say it's about kingdom. Y'all, kingdom is monumental. It says your kingdom come here. Your will be done here as it is in heaven. Here. Kingdom. Asking his kingdom to be manifested and asking for his will to be fulfilled here. And we're able to catch a glimpse of God's rule, God's plan, God's program, as Dr. Tony Evans puts it. See, oftentimes, as pastor, I can miss it. I could be so bogged down with making sure the, the PowerPoint is right and the slides are right and the lighting is right and the camera is right. And God is like, it's about kingdom, bro. So you focus on me. You get your tail in that word. You prepare the message, and, and I'll take care of all that other stuff. As a matter of fact, if you focus more on what I call you to do, Stephen Brown, and less on this other stuff, mm. asking his kingdom to be manifested and his will to be fulfilled, that, that the messianic kingdom of God will indeed come quickly. So we don't like talking about kingdom come. Because it means the end, the end to what we like. When the kingdom comes, things are going to shift, y'all. They ain't going to be the same. I need a witness up in here. Life will have transformed. So we ought to pray that the manifestation of Jesus' rule on earth come to pass and come quickly. And it's no accident that I led here or landed here on the day that we celebrate Martin Luther the King and how he was so committed to justice, to equity, equality for all mankind. That, that, that was a fragment of the kingdom. And beloved, as, as I wrap this up, I need for you to know that it is nothing wrong with fighting for justice. Don't let the people trick you into thinking that it's wrong. Don't let them trick you into thinking that it's out of order or unbiblical. They're out of order. <sighs> Help me, Lord. So we're praying for what God wants to be fulfilled here. We ought to want what God wants it is God's will. It is 
God's plan. When we trust Christ for our salvation, we trust his plan for his kingdom. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The final part is this. If my life and my plans are out of alignment with God's will, you're actually saying, Lord, correct me. You're giving the Lord permission to rebuke you, to, to put you back into place. Lord, change my life, change my outlook if I'm out of alignment with your will. See, when we're kingdom-focused, it corrects our limited perspective. When we are kingdom-focused, we see beyond ourselves. Why? Because it's about the will of the Father. Later on, Jesus finds himself with the cross of Calvary before him. And he finds himself in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's troubled in his spirit. And so he prays to the Father, once again, modeling prayer. That if this cup can pass, I'm done. If this assignment can be augmented, if, if this path can be diverted, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Where? On earth! <laughs> As it is in heaven. I'm just here to close and just ask you the question, do you have nevertheless faith? Do you have faith that, Lord, I, I may not be doing this right now, I, I want to go a different direction, nevertheless, not my will but what you will. Lord, I, I, I thought I had this thing worked out, I thought I had it figured out, but, but if it ain't what you want, nevertheless, whatever you say, Lord, I want to do it according to your plan. I want to lead and be your leader. I want to be your God man, your God woman. If I'm headed the wrong way, nevertheless, we need some nevertheless folk up in the house of God who are willing to change their outlook, their purpose, their focus so that his will can be done. Give God a hand of praise right there. Come on. 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 Hallelujah. Come on and stand with me if you don't mind. Stand with me real quickly, real quickly. Stand with me. I want to pray. If you're at home, you can stand up too. Amen. You've been sitting a while. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Stand with me, stand with me, Father, in the name of Jesus. We come to you, Father, because you alone are worthy. Father, we lift you up high above all the things that we deal with. We lift you up, Lord God. Father, our focus is you. And Father, we ask in faith that you be our audience. So, Father, we surrender, we, we submit, we take ourselves out of the way so that everything that we say now is, is about you, for you, to you. Father, please allow your spirit to convict and correct any ulterior motives. Father, it has to be about you and to you. And so, Father, we gathered here in this place corporately both physically and virtually to honor you, to celebrate who you are, to worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, we don't want stuff. We want you because we understand that as we bring our lives into alignment with who you are, with who you want for us, things will be better. So, Father, it's not about presence from you. It is about 
presence with you. So, Father, I pray for your blessings over every marriage in our faith community. Father, I ask that you would do miraculous things in our homes. Father, I pray for the singles among us, those who are widowed, divorced, whatever. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would minister to them by the power of your spirit. That as they seek you and pursue you, the power of the back corporately, that you would pour into them, Lord God, wisdom and insight, power and authority. Father, I pray that you would help us to overcome those areas of weakness that continue to compromise our witness. Father, I pray for the young people under the sound of my voice. I lift them up before you. In fact, Father, we give our children back to you. Lord, they're yours. We're just stewards. And Lord, we pray that you would protect them, guide them, give them wisdom. Lord God, please. We honor you today, Lord God. Father, we truly want your kingdom and your will to come and be done. And we make ourselves available for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let everyone say amen. Come on.